You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. What I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Jay Barker's taking uh, part of this week off. He'll be with uh, back with us shortly. I'm Matt Coulter, uh, along with Lars Anderson. I'm the AVX Studios in Homewood, Alabama. Lars is at the Palatial Tide Studios in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Good afternoon, Lars Anderson. Good afternoon, Matt Coulter. How are you? Life's good. The weather continues to roll along. Uh, you know, we're approaching the midseason of college football, which is still a bang my head. Golly, it's already here now. Um, big games this weekend for two different reasons. First of all, uh, everybody that, that wears the crimson wants to slam Texas A&M, uh, not just based on general principles, based on what Jimbo did last year uh, about the NIL and all that. I don't even need to go through that. We're all familiar with it. But uh, I find the Auburn-Georgia game intriguing, too, because, Lars, and this really isn't a fair comparison because it never is. I'll make it anyway. So Auburn um, should have lost to Missouri. I mean, there's no question about it. Missouri had two perfect chances to win this game and blew it. So then they welcome in Georgia. Now, I'm thinking this is going to be 50-10. to 10. Well, fact is, Missouri should have beaten Georgia. So does that make Saturday's game equal, Lars? <laughs> no, it does not. 
it, it's going to be a, a, a thumping. And uh, I mentioned this yesterday on air that uh, Brian Harson uh, will forever live in uh, posterity in the Auburn record books because uh, in the uh, long Georgia series, this is the biggest point spread in history. Uh, and this at least goes back to 76, but uh, it's I think it opened at 29 or 30, and I think it's still uh, around there somewhere. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't uh, even give – I mean, look, uh, Auburn has no chance to win this game. None. Zero. I would. Are you uh, going to play them? Uh, not at thirty. No, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do <laughs> that. Play Georgia. I've I've learned my lesson. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm just staying away from this game uh, because uh, look, Alabama has done a really good job this year of covering these huge spreads, and they typically don't do that because Saban takes the. The, uh, the 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 foot off the pedal, so to speak, and uh, but he uh, hasn't necessarily done that this year. But Matt, there is a bit of breaking news, and uh, it does have to do with the sports world. And uh, it is uh, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen uh, appear to be headed toward a divorce, uh, and this is according to uh, page six of. The New York Post, and uh, this is, you know, this was treated as the gossip page uh, when I was living in New York, but really, page six, they, they tend to get stuff right, and uh, and and according to their reporting, that uh, both have retained uh, divorce lawyers, and that's multiple sources telling page six this exclusively. And, uh, and that the, um, the couple's been living separately for the past few months after a really big fight. Uh, and now they're looking apparently to dividing their multi-million dollar, uh, empire. And, um, it, it, it appears that, uh, according to another source in the story, that um, there's no coming back from this, and uh, and and this is going to be uh, a monumental case if they can't settle it because there's so much money involved, and uh, and also they they share us. And this is the worst part: as someone who's gone through divorce, and and it, it, it it's horrible. It's horrible. It's the worst thing in the world. And and I've read that it's actually more stressful to go through a divorce than it is to go to prison and uh, I haven't been to prison hopefully I'll never go to prison but uh, I can tell you someone's been through divorce not once but twice (laughs) sure as hell is stressful and uh, but okay so they share a son Benjamin who's 12 a daughter Vivian 9 and then uh, and Tom then has another son with his ex-girlfriend from Michigan uh, Jack who's 15 and I and I wrote about um, Tom and Giselle pretty extensively in uh, a season in the Sun, uh, a book about uh, them winning about Tampa winning the um, uh, winning the Super Bowl uh, with Tom Brady at, in his first year there, and uh, even at, at, at that point they were still you know they they've had some issues and. It's pretty interesting. I mean, they've been going to marriage counseling for a good bit. 
and uh, and back when I when I wrote the book in 2021, gosh, it seems like longer than a year ago. But um, but Giselle's career earnings as of 2019 were 488 million. Tom Brady's uh, adjusted on the field earnings to that point was 235 million. And um, and then you know when they uh, it was uh, back in gosh uh, I think like 2017 Brady missed offseason workouts with the Patriots and he didn't attend a, a voluntary session and a lot of people in the Boston media interpreted that as uh, an example of the widening gulf between Brady and Bel- Belichick. But in truth, Brady wanted to work on his marriage and spend more time at home with Giselle. And uh, and during that time, Giselle wrote Tom a long, serious letter that detailed her dissatisfaction with their marriage. And she said that simply that, Tom, you got to be more active in taking care of family duties. And then after reading that uh, that letter... I mean, Tom did massive self-introspection, shining a spotlight on his soul and and really examining his priorities, re-looking at how much time he was spending with their children. And they went to marriage counseling. And the issues, like in any marriage, uh, they were small. Uh, You know, Giselle thought Tom didn't drive the kids to school enough, and they were big. I mean, Giselle felt like she didn't have time to pursue her own professional goals. But then they really, they they talked and they listened and the counseling worked and they remembered why they fell in love in the first place. Uh, and, and, uh, and, And they talked about their first blind date, which was at Turks and Frogs, a, uh, it's a pretty cool place, actually. It's a Turkish wine bar in, in New York City's West Village. And Tom eventually put that letter in his drawer uh, next to his bed, in, in his in his nightstand. And he, on random nights, would go back and reread every word, wanting to be reminded that he always needed to tend to his marriage with the same devotion and tenacity that he applies to his day job. And uh, Giselle was all about going to Tampa and relocating to Florida because it would be a quicker flight for her to go down to Brazil to uh, visit her family. And uh, obviously things have not gone as uh, they had hoped. Tom missed 10 uh, days of training camp, going to spend time with Giselle and working on their marriage. And uh, sadly... According to the New York Post, it, it doesn't seem as if it's uh, going to go in that direction that they're going to work things out. But you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine who has also been through a divorce, and she said they have no idea the pure hell that is awaiting them. And uh, it's, I, I just, I, I hope that they can they can pull it all together. And I understand sometimes you do need to get a divorce. And for for different reasons, and um, but and sorry to go on this long soliloquy here, Matt. But uh, I I think uh, this is going to end up being a very very big story. It's going to be very public, and it's going to be very painful for both of them. 
Come on, guys. The bottom line is, will this add years to his career? Come on. Let's put all that other stuff aside. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I, I feel for kids, and that's the bottom line of all of it. Obviously, money is going to be an issue as far as, you know, who has this, who gets this. That's always going to be an issue. I feel bad for the kids, but I have to admit, after I thought about that and the other things, I immediately thought, I wonder now if he'll just play one more year or will he play more? Uh, well, I mean, age is going to have a big part of that. Uh, and I don't, I, I tend to look at it the other way around. I think that a lot of us, and I'm not going to go on a, on, on a 14-minute diatribe like, like Lars did, that was incredibly therapeutic, though, to hear you speak by that, because I'm recently divorced as well from a year and a half ago. Did it I, help I, us all? I, I wish more, it helped me. And I'm being serious. I, I think, I wish more people would go through the hell of divorce first and then realize just how horrible it is and you would be amazed how many people would probably want to go to a marriage counselor or start <laughs> communicating better in their marriage because it is the worst thing to happen the thing is in most cases you're talking about a lot of money i mean even brad and angelina are going through this divorce and it's still out there right now uh, what really bothers me most and i don't even think about the playing i don't really care about tom brady and his playing career anymore he's won more super bowls than anyone else and, and he probably will what really is interesting to me is 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 how much we depended on them to stay together. Uh, this is uh, Lucy and Desi getting divorced. This is like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell breaking up. They um, never got married. Uh, I know, uh, I, but I mean th- that that's the surprise. And so I was rooting for them uh, because if they could figure it out, I think it, it gave a lot of motivation not only for people who are in celebrity, but also in sports. But if they can figure it out, we should be able to figure it out as well. The thing we do a lot at marriage, though, and this is not a marriage counselor show or a therapy, but when we get married, you're married, you start taking a lot of things for granted. And, okay, I locked that up. We're good to go. Uh, what people don't realize, and, and at least 53% of us do, is, is you do have to work at marriage, and you have to work at it just as hard as you would your job or anything else. Uh, you're going to have winning streaks. You're going to have losing streaks, but you got to work through it. And it's something that does. I think a lot of people just think, oh, great. I can just do whatever I want now because, you know, she knows who I am. She knows what she was getting herself to. I knew what she was getting myself into. And and you just start taking uh, marriage for granted. And and I think in more than probably nine out of ten cases, it's not infidelity. It's not cheating. It's not some type of drug addiction. It's death by a thousand cuts. And I think we're seeing that with Tom and Giselle. If she is wanting a divorce, and I call it the divorce spoon, Guy uses the spoon to do his coffee every morning, and he leaves the spoon on the kitchen table, and he's done it for 20 years. And eventually the wife goes, you know what, can you please take that spoon and put it in the dishwasher? And next thing you know, it opens up every single scar, Band-Aid, argument, infinite, whatever it is in the past, and all of a sudden you got yourself a hell of a big fight because of the divorce spoon. If she is angry because Tom's not driving the kids to school, it goes much deeper than that. And it's really unfortunate because hearing all these stories, I know it's incredibly juicy. They're very, very rich. They're well-known. They have thousands and hundreds of millions of different followers. Uh, I was really rooting for them to try to figure it out. Um, And I do think it it adds a different psychological uh, aspect to the whole game, if you will, to see how Tom does perform on the football field from this point on. Welcome to the College Football Marriage Counseling Show. Uh We'll be back in a moment. Uh Truly, we'll be back in a moment with college football. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.
Also, Stan White will be joining us in 45 minutes the top of the hour. Show, talk about from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Hi, I'm Emmett Smith, Hall of Famer and all-time leading rusher with exciting news. If you suffer from chronic joint pain, Emmett Smith wants to introduce you to QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics. 48. And our long tri spell continues tomorrow and Thursday. The sky's sunny both days. Highs between 80 and 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. thought we might come back a little coal miner's daughter Loretta Lynn passed away at the age of 90 this morning at her home in Hurricane Hills Tennessee uh, what a remarkable woman yep yep it's uh west of Nashville can I tell you something else you met her and were on her I, I did uh, in I, her RV one I, time after a concert I was not in her RV but I didn't meet her uh she was friends with Tanya Tucker who we had on our shows many times she's friends with Alda Greco uh, but 52 years ago today, Janis Joplin died. Uh-huh. And on Thursday, two years ago, Eddie Van Halen passed away. So this is quite the week in singers passing away in one particular week. Let's not have any more. They come in threes, you know, Matt. Yeah, uh, I've often heard that. 90 years old is uh, pretty good living now. Yeah, it we're, is. We're yeah. going uh, to be on Fox 6 talking Thursday about uh, country music in general, and does it really emulate the American life? I think hers did. The way she was born in uh, Butcher Holler, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Um, you ever been to Butcher Holler? Uh, actually, according to her autobiography, exists. It does. But then it did, it didn't exist. Well, it The only here. Butcher Holler now is in Tennessee. Yeah. So well, she, anyway. She uh, thought she was in Kentucky. She was, <laughs> she was a remarkable woman. It was a great movie. Didn't Sissy Spacek win the Academy? She did. Um, and I, I, I thought, <clears throat> this being a college football slash counselor show, uh, that we might mention that. Absolutely. Uh, but, she also won four Grammys. Very, very talented woman. She wrote from the heart, the soul, and literally her life. So, anyway, there we go. And for women's rights. She was a woman that uh, a lot of uh, women, you can make an argument that uh, many more women started listening to country music or classic country music as we know it today because of the types of Tanya Tucker and Lori Morgan and certainly one Loretta Lynn. Lori Morgan. I did meet Lori Morgan now once. I did too. That's I actually had... where at Jitterbugs. Really? But that's a long story. We need to get back on focus. I'm going to reel you back in from Loretta. I don't want to be reeled back in. in. And now I'm going to bring Lars back in. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Lars, I would like to start with the... Oh, just made me want to throw up story you read me this morning concerning SMU. You want to go there? uh, This is remarkable, and uh, I fear that uh, without federal legislation, we're going to see more of this. But uh, this is according to the Dallas Morning News that uh, SMU sophomore wide receiver Roderick Daniels Jr. and senior safety Chase Cromartie are going to sit out the rest of the season with the intention to enter the transfer portal. 
And there's also uh, two other uh, players that uh, it looks like uh, will be entering the transfer portal from SMU. And uh, from what I can gather is um, the reason they're doing it now is uh, the timing of it it does make sense because college players are able to redshirt a season if they haven't played in more than four games. And uh, the Mustangs are going to be playing their fifth game of the season on Wednesday, uh, manana, uh, at UCF. And, um, and one of the reasons that, uh, that as I've been sort of digging into this is NIL money. They want to go somewhere else or they think they can make more money in, uh, in, in NIL. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and also, uh, I, I think the bigger issue is the, is the fact that they already know that they want to enter the transfer portal. And, and so they want to, uh, preserve the season and preserve the season of eligibility uh, so they can find a new home. And this this transfer portal era uh, is just, uh, to me, uh, Tony, not good for college football. And uh, the, the transfer portal window, it still lasts for 45 days of this season. And um, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, uh, Boise State quarterback Hank uh, Brachemeyer, he did the same thing uh, earlier this season when he announced his intention to transfer. Um, so I, I, I don't know, Tony. Uh, what, what, what happened to uh, loyalty and stick to itiveness and, and, and fight through adversity? Well, uh, in their defense, uh, in the transfer portal era, players who have not exceeded four games played and who haven't used their red shirt could preserve the season in order to find a new home after the season. <clears throat> this is not a football player that I'd want to have on my football team, but then again, loyalty is a two-way street. I can be loyal to you all day long, Matthew. If you're not loyal back to me, there's really no loyalty there as well. I'm not sure what the situation is at SMU. And again, we're not talking about a power, power five type of school. We're not talking about an Alabama. We're not talking about a USC. We're not talking about an Ohio State player wanting to sit out and get an NAL because he'll probably already get that there. Maybe thinking that SMU has not done enough to ensure that its football players are getting some type of NIL or some type of stipend along with some type of endorsement is the reason why they should have wanted to leave. But if you're the head coach at SMU or you're sitting there and you're a teammate of these kids, I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about it at all. And, and I, I have to take that into an account. And, again, I haven't looked at the numbers. I haven't looked at the stats of these players that are willing to sit out the rest of the season. But if, if, if these guys are, are super good, five-star, four-star, three-star guys, and I doubt they're having that at SMU and think they're going to get picked up by someone else just because of an ideal, NIL deal, they may be on the outside looking in by the end of the season. That's just my thought. It's not a kid I want on my football team. Well, you know, they say there's no I in team. No. But I, uh, I always know – yeah, there is me, though, spelled backwards. Yeah. And that's where these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. No loyalty. I mean, the only people this helps. Mid season. The, the only people this helps are their backups. Yeah. You know, and they're saying, hey, thanks. Mm-hmm. But this is, a, this is a trend that really shook me when Lars read it earlier this morning. And I'm troubled by it. And they need something. They need to do something about it. In response to yours, you don't want a guy like that on your team? Mm-mm. I don't either. But what if it's. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, are you taking him with his talent, even though he's going to bring some baggage with him? Well, sure, but is is this Jameer Gibbs? No, I don't think so. Uh, but I, it, that's just a, that's just a you know. What do we realize in here, Matt? This is as old as the day we were first born. 
it's not it's not the lo- that I'm a coal miner's son. Yeah. <laughs> Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And we're seeing that in college football. We, we act like we're surprised. You should write we a act song. Like, we're, we act like surprised that $800 billion of this uh, COVID money went to the wrong hands. We're surprised by this. And we shouldn't be anymore. We're old enough to understand and cynical enough to understand that this is how it works. Remember at a press conference last year when uh, Nick Saban, uh, when the topic of Transfer Portal came up, his exact quote was, and this is what he asked reporters, he said, so is that going to make the rich get richer, Saban asked. And then he answered his own question, even though he, he said, I don't know. But, of course, he already knew the answer to the question. Uh, you just look at, uh, at the guys that they've gotten, uh, Jamison Williams. I don't think they uh, – last year they got Jamison Williams from Ohio State. I don't think they make it to the national championship game without him. Uh, now this year their starting left tackle, Tyler Steen. He started 33 consecutive games at Vandy. Jameer Gibbs, he's looking uh, like uh, an all-SEC type of running back. Uh, Eli Ricks, uh, I think the best cornerback from LSU. Um, He's named preseason All-American, and I I think his best football is still ahead of him at Alabama. Something weird is going on with Eli Ricks. I'm not sure what it is. but And then uh, then this year you got Jermaine Burton from Georgia and Tyler Harrell from, from Louisville. And once, uh, especially Harold gets incorporated into the offense and, and his speed, it's, it's going to, I think, change everything uh, in terms of uh, creating more space on the field uh, for other wide receivers. So, yeah, has Alabama gotten richer from the transfer portal? Of course. Nick was right. Yeah, he may not like it, but he's perfecting it. And that's what he does. All I got an idea. Put up some bigger numbers and maybe someone will see you. I want to give you some cash to stay at SMU, Roderick Daniels. And How about that? Roderick Daniels? What was it? I don't even know. Chase, Chase, Chase Cromartie's the safety. I mean, he's not going to get any deal because no one cares about safeties at the college level, not at SMU. But if you're a wide receiver and you're putting up 150 yards a game, <clears throat> you'll get a look-see. But you don't have players at Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama leaving to go get better deals because all they got to do is say, pay me or I'm going to leave, and they will find the money at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. They're not going to do that with the Mustangs. We got a note on Alabama's rushing game when we get back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of the best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Jay Barker Radio Network. We have a special guest in the studio. Glenn's going to join us here in just a few minutes. I was looking up some of the numbers here, of course. Uh, Lars Anderson's well managed to step out just a minute here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. Uh, the two players, uh, Jalen Record, of course, from SMU, who's wanting to leave um, potentially to get an NIL deal, deal was, uh, was actually a, a punter, a punt returner, uh, has not uh, gotten any snaps at all this year. And then Roderick Daniels, Jr., uh, who's also talking about splitting two catches, 76 yards, and one touchdown on the season. That's not going to get you NIL number, Robbie. No, that's not going to get you a, a whole lot right there. So 
I guess they got their reasons for leaving. That's so. not good at all. Uh, before we move on to stuff, and I know you got a lot going on, uh, is this the first time you've been back in the studio since the big golf tournament? This is. The TBRS, the Tatton Brown Ramen Syndrome Golf Tournament, which was fantastic. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic day. The weather turned like about 12 hours before tip-off that morning, which was fantastic. It was a beautiful day. Oh, it was it was amazing. Uh, what was it, like 96 the day before or mm-hmm. something? And come back with a, what, 82. Uh, just beautiful. So, yeah, it took me a few days to recover to get over it. Uh, just a lot of work goes into it. And then once you're done with it, your body just – I've never been so tired. And uh, but Well, you're going to double it up. You're talking about being super tired. So what yep. are you going to do? You're going to double your work. Well, but, yeah, I mean, gonna we're going to double. We're going we're gonna, to – we're working on it already. This, this golf tournament, folks, was so good. The people that played in the morning – tip off the shotgun at eight o'clock in the morning we're looking for teams to play out in the afternoon because yeah. they wanted to play again they want to stay fun. around and hang out yeah. they sure did it, was uh, great. It, it went it went great so now working on how to make it better next year make sure everybody can get in and play and get get all the holes in and you know trying to make sure everybody wins some door prizes too we had some left because a lot of people have to leave right after so i'm working on that right now and uh just make sure everybody has a good time and and keeps enjoying it. How's the little man striker doing? Is he doing good? He's doing really good. good. He uh, had a good night's sleep last night, first one Great. he's had in a while. So Fantastic. that's always good. It helps mom and dad, too. So. Yeah, there you go. We were talking uh, briefly here, and, and Lars, I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, I did something on Facebook Live a couple of days ago about this. Um, we were talking about the golf tournament, and, and obviously I've played in enough uh, golf tournaments. Uh, to know that 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 that, that thirty under is, is is not outside the realm of possibilities, uh, and we're not playing more than eighteen holes here, so you can do the math. So we came in at twenty one under, and I will say, and I'm being honest, that's the first time I've ever played a golf tournament where we didn't cheat. <laughs> where, where we? Are you sure you don't have a mulligan left? Uh, are you sure you don't have a mulligan left? Are you sure you don't have a throw left? You know we're doing these things. Well, you know I'm not sure if I have one left. You know, and then you're buying things on the on the ways. Yep. It happens, right? I mean, I right. I played golf with priests and seen them kick balls out from underneath trees. I've seen it happen, right? It does. I played with Jim Thorpe at the Regis Charity Classic where we came in second, and I can tell you right now, <laughs> even the pros, <laughs> even the pros wear long shoes once in a while and they're kicking balls out of the rough. It happens. Um, so what did the winning team have at your golf uh, tournament? Yeah, one of them was 30 under, and I was, uh, and none of them, no, no one on the team was a good golfer, so <laughs> I was still trying to figure that out. But. So that's 12 eagles and uh, six birdies, and uh, assuming that you're, you're, you're mainly playing par fours, that means you're getting a two on, on 12 par fours, which is, is pretty difficult to do. That, it was not unlimited mulligans. You can only have one mulligan per person yeah. per round. So... so. So I understand that, and, and, and really in the grand scheme of things, I really don't care because it was yes. for TBRS, the community, and it was a great cause, and I, I really and I just appreciate the opportunity to play. But then I saw the story, and I don't know if you saw this, uh, up in our neck of the woods, Lars, up in uh, Lake Erie, the Lake Erie Walleye Fish Tournament, I guess it was last weekend or the weekend mm-hmm. before, where they had guys uh, who had they'd been in the fishing uh, tour for quite some time. Uh, they had caught five walleye at a uh, rate of 34 pounds for those five fish. Well, someone came in and said, wait a minute, walleye just don't get that big. They usually average somewhere between four and five pounds apiece. And based on the size of these fish, they thought something doesn't smell right, pun intended. So the executive director went, took his pocket knife out, started cutting open the bellies of these fish on camera in front of these two guys who were on this team that evidently had just won $30,000 in cash and prizes, and they found other walleye fillet inside the fish, and if that weren't enough, big lead weights that were popping out of the bellies. And I wanted to post 
the, the, the Twitter feed, I couldn't do it because there were so many F-bombs. People were threatening them with their life. They were going to call the police, the FBI, the whole nine yards. And I'm thinking to myself, in what sport is there no cheating? Really? Because in fishing, I don't want to call it a gentleman's sport because it really isn't. Right? We always talk about the one that got away. You wouldn't believe how big it is. But we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in tournament money that's up for grabs in these tournaments. To do that is probably worse than deflate gate for me. It's worse than banging on the trash can for the Houston Astros. It really is because you're talking about guys that go out and this is what they do for a living. It's very specified. It's very individualistic. It's so, and so I, I just was and the only the only sport I could think of that you can't cheat is bowling. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I'm thinking right now. I mean, when we used to fill out our own scores, you could certainly cheat. But now everything's electronic. There's no way to knock pins over. There's nothing you can do. You cannot cheat in bowling. But I think that's the only sport where you cannot cheat. Lars, do you have a take on this? I, I do. Uh, one, okay, so this was the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament Series. And uh, guess, guess what the director's last name is? Can't make this stuff up. What's that? Fisher. I didn't see it. <laughs> Um, and, and, and this kind of cheating, like this isn't going five minutes or five miles an hour over the speed limit. This isn't faking getting sick, uh, to get out of work. I mean, this is whole hog all in cheating (laughs) where, uh, there is no plausible deniability. And, um, and, and, and look, so, so Fisher, again, the tournament director, he uh, he was weighing fish after fish, and then late in the proceedings, anglers of boat number 12, Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon, they brought their five fish catch up for the weighing, and they needed to beat 16.89 total pounds to claim Team of the Year honors and 30000 bucks in various prizes. So they needed to beat 16.89. Guess what their weight was? Thirty three point nine one. I mean, they <laughs> they, they, were they doubled it. <laughs> they doubled it. Uh, I mean, and 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 there is actually video. Rex Chapman, who is such a great follow on Twitter, he 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 put it up mm-hmm. there, and you can see all of these like uh, lead pellets that are basically the size of golf balls uh, pulling them out of the fish, and then all of the uh, precisely trimmed fillets of other walleye had been put in the fish. <laughs> I mean, this was uh, this was cheating on an epic scale, and um, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm glad they got caught, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there were some punches thrown because in the video that you see, the other anglers are just livid. Because it's happening in real time, as as he's like just pulling out lead pellet after lead pellet, and I didn't even know uh, Robbie. Did you? You're a fisherman, I I, I presume, just because you're an Alabama guy. Have you ever heard of anyone cheating in a fishing tournament before? Yeah, uh, I've heard of cheating where they because uh, they're supposed to be alive when you bring them in, and I've, yeah. I've seen where they go mm-hmm. get them and put them on the ice. Something like that, but I've never seen it to this extent. Um, and I'm not a big fisherman. I'm I'm California boy, Florida. Well, it just goes to show that this has ah, probably been going right. on for years, but but yeah. just but just not as blatantly. Uh, as, I mean, if and they probably didn't know what they needed to to, to get the win. They probably didn't yeah, want to put golf ball size lead weights for some reason. They, but the idea of coming in with fish that size, thinking that people are going to think that they just have a lot of weight in those fish or six seven pounds. The only thing I could uh, uh, equate it to. 
was Pinewood Derby. I remember being in the Boy Scouts, prepared, honest, moralistic, ethically correct, always helping people, being of service and community. And I remember how many times we would go to Pinewood Derby competitions when I was 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, when I was a Weeblo or whatever they were, and seeing dads pulled aside saying, uh, Mr. Curry, your car is a little too heavy. Uh, did you put some weights in the bottom of it? And they have a pad. You used to <laughs> carve out a pad underneath your car where you'd put lead weights, and it got so rampant that the point they thought, okay, you can put lead weights in it, but only to this certain weight, and they'd make those take those lead weights out. And then the other thing is where they cheat is, and I didn't realize this, but they would put one wheel up slightly higher than the other three, so only three wheels are touching the track instead of four because the less fr- friction you have, the faster their car goes. And that's the only thing I can think of as far as them using some type of weight in order to win uh, any type of competition. But I, I was incensed. I-, I had to watch it a couple times. And at first I kind of laughed. I thought, what's the big deal? It's a fishing tournament. What's the big When you're talking about $30,000, these guys, I think, uh, what was the guy's name you just mentioned uh, uh Vlar is the first guy. I think he's taken in like over two hundred thousand dollars yeah, this year. They've done it all year. And sponsorships. You want to talk about NILs? He gets sponsorships. He's got Bass Pro Shops on his stuff. I mean, this guy's making some serious bank, and he's been stuffing his fish with big lead weights the entire time. It making me sick to my stomach. Yep. That, that, that was all new cheating right there. And hard to believe my golf tournament started all this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know what? If you had a golf tournament. Where you were giving away $25,000, the first place prize, and I said this, and I was kind of kidding, tongue-in-cheek, you should have a chaperone with each foursome just to make sure that everything's on the up and up. Then, of course, those four guys would probably pull their money together and stay here. For so, so, so Tony, you're, you're, you are saying something nefarious was afoot at Robbie's tournament. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm saying that uh, nothing was nefarious at the tournament. I'm saying there were some men who perhaps were a little. Well, that's nefarious. what I meant. Yeah, I think they, much they, like you're saying, there's cheating. When, when you, yeah, when you, there's cheating always in there's golf. Always cheating. There's always cheating in golf. It's just how far are they willing to cheat? At, at some point, you start thinking before you even tee off. Okay, what's it going to take to win this tournament? And most guys will go. It's going to be like a, a 49, which is impossible. And most guys play moralistically correct they're not going to cheat to the point they may take a couple inside the leathers and yeah that's a six foot putt it's good and they you know we're trying not to hold up the crowd that kind of thing blah 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 but when you're eagling 12 of the 18 holes on a par four golf course that's almost impossible to do you have to be hitting balls on spot on right next to the hole every single shot and you have to be driving the green on these par fours now a highland golf course you probably can do a couple of those things but um, you know, for sake of the golf tournament, I'd play it all over again. I don't care. It wasn't about winning the golf tournament. It was about the camaraderie and being out there for the TBRS community. But I just was, I, I was like, because I knew we were 21 under, and my guys were like, you know, we may have a shot. I was like, I bet you we don't. It's like your taxes. Well, you put like, down what you want back and you work backwards. So you're like, okay, what do we want to finish? 28 under? And then you start going backwards. Well, the second was 24 under, so, <laughs> so there was a big I could actually gap. see 24 because I think we could have gotten close to 23. And maybe it's because it was the first golf tournament again I played in that we actually were somewhat truthful. So. Lars, what did you think when you were out there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking about you from Minnesota. Uh, yes, I, and uh, I wish I, I had been there. But, but going back to this Lake Erie Walleye tournament real quick, uh, that uh, the competitors are forced – all winners have to take a, a polygraph test. 
And then there's also random polygraph tests for other competitors, and they're administered by a retired police officer that covers anglers' knowledge of uh, the rules and, and the day's catch. And if you refuse uh, or even, or fail, then uh, you're disqualified. And um, uh, apparently cheating in, in, in the fishing world is uh, more rampant than I ever thought. Um, so this is a interesting thing. I, I, I honestly did not know that this, uh, existed. Well, I, I guess bowling is the last sport we have. I can't, I can't figure out unless there's something you can put on the, can you put something on the, on the ball? Can you put something on the bowling ball that would make it grip the track oh, yeah. better in order to hit the pocket? Probably. Probably Could you use a bowling ball that's slightly larger than a normal bowling ball? We do one that's heavier, so I don't, I don't know. So. One that spins a little bit more. You have a breaker and a spare ball. So, yeah, if you mm. see some dude hitting seven ten splits all day long, you got uh, you got some problems. All right, coming up here next, Matt Coulter has this great Alabama rushing stat he wants to get into next right here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. Sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Join the Tuscaloosa, Alabama Lynx Chapter for Lynch in Pink, a breast cancer awareness event on Saturday, October 58. And our long dry spell continues tomorrow and Thursday. The sky's sunny both days. Highs between 80 and 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Barker Show. Thanks to Robbie Glenn. Matt Coulter in. Lars Anderson is at Tide. And there's Tony Curry. Uh, just a quick note, and I want to give credit where it's due here. Nick Alvarez actually wrote this story and obviously took a little time to do some research on Alabama's running game. Tony, where would you think Alabama is in the in the SEC in rush in rushing? Uh, I would have said prior to the Arkansas game, maybe overall in all teams, maybe eighth or ninth. Now I'll say they're probably second or first just because but, Jamar Gibbs had those two 70-plus runs and he just had a monster day. Well, and it, it, you, you, you nailed it. Okay, next topic. Um, <laughs> now, but Alabama has uh, continued to obviously get better yep. in spite of the fact that I think a lot of people were kind of maligning the offensive line at the very beginning of the season. But Rushes uh, in game one, Gibbs went 58 yards. Uh, game two, McClellan went 81 against Texas. Mm-hmm. He, these numbers are adding up to be the reason why they are so highly ranked. Um, remember Miller broke one late against uh, Vanderbilt for 40 yards. These are all games of 40-plus. Gibbs went 72 at Arkansas, and then uh, Milrow. Milrow went 76. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he had a great that, run, too. That's uh. Who does he remind you of? That's a fifth of Alabama's running game. Who does Milrow remind you of? Uh, just a little you bit saw, of Jalen Hurts, only with speed. Um, a lot more speed. He reminded me a little bit, just based on that run he had, a little bit, maybe it was his gait or his stature, a little bit of Cam Newton. If you go back and look at some Cam Newton videos, just his stride, his arm strength, his um, – He's got breakaway speed. That was a great run for him. And I love seeing quarterbacks that don't know. Because the first time he got in there, there were a couple of plays where, where he had open receivers and he just totally missed them. It was like he couldn't pull the trigger. He couldn't throw the football. 
Um, but but I love to see those plays where you see quarterbacks who are running literally for their lives. And you see that early in careers uh, where they just have that extra speed until they can finally start looking at their first, second, third different type of uh, receiver core, and, and, and they know to pull the trigger on this thing they can't run the football every time because you get killed. But uh, it was fun to watch him run. Pretty amazing stuff. By the way, Oscar uh, just reached out to me, and he texts te- te- me almost there. He is newly married. Maybe he should yep. come on and talk about this whole Tom Brady situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it looks like he waited kind of later in life. He did, and uh, just pulled the trigger like, let's get married tomorrow. He's listening to the show right he now. Decided, he decided sitting in the studio. Well, he knew that maybe sure someone else was coming after his fiance, Matt. Well, because, well, I did say <laughs> I commented that she was a, quite an attractive lady. I thought you were very. And maybe, and maybe I pushed. Uh, maybe I pushed on that, and then Oscar went, "Oh no, I've got to pull. I've got to ask right now." And well, he went out the next. And night. then I had to preface my question to him that I was not gay and asked him if he was married. He probably thinks we're just a bunch of knuckleheads, but he loves us. And we'll be back. Hey, Stan Weiss joining in just a couple of minutes. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner, and you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Jay's taking a couple of days off. In his stead, it takes four. I'm Matt Coulter. There's Tony Curry. Bobby Glenn is in the house. And then we have Lars Anderson over in Tuscaloosa. Tied 100.9, our flagship station, and preparing for his class. Meanwhile, we have another. And that's Stan White, former Auburn quarterback, now a member of the Auburn Broadcast Network, does an excellent job. Uh, Hey, Stan, it's Matt and the gang. How are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. How you doing? Fantastic. This weather, I mean, it's it's all good except to just cut straight to the point. It's all good except uh, how do I ask this delicately, Stan? How are we going to pull out of this tailwind down at Auburn? Yeah, I tell you, it's been it's been rough. Uh, you know, I said this on the air last week, and and um, you know, it, I know it's frustrating for the fans, the coaches, obviously, the players. Uh, I, I said it was a little bit like the movie Groundhog Day, and uh, and it, it just was. Um, it seemed like the same, different day, but same script uh, as far as the, the ending of the game. You know, Auburn started out really well at seventeen, and everything going their way, and, and that turnover bug is just is just continuing to plague Auburn, and um, that's been you know that's really been the difference maker is the turnovers. I mean, it, it just can't continue if you want to. Don't have a chance to win games at the end, and that's what got LSU back into it. Yeah, 17 points uh, down LSU was, and I was sitting there watching the game, and I was like, wow. And, and uh, listen, I mean, it was just run, 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 and they were getting it done. And I, I knew LSU wasn't going to lay down, um, but at the same time, uh, and Matt, you brought this stat up. What was the stat? The last five games, last that Auburn's five lost, SEC games, they had double-digit double digit wins or, do, or double-digit favorites. Is, uh, I mean, what, what, what? What is the weakness of this football team, and 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 why can't they, um, why can't they savor the fact that, that that they're up so early? Are they are they getting lax? Are they getting lazy? Are they is the defense just not that good? Is the other team figuring them out? What what what's what's going on? How is that possible? Well, it, you know, I think it's clearly the the other teams at halftime are making adjustments, but but also it's just learning how to finish games. I mean, uh, you know, they they like you said. The game plan seems very good going in, and they, they obviously are able to get some leads. And this dates back to the, even the Mississippi State game from last year. You got a 25-point lead, uh, and you lose by double digits. And, um, you know, even the Iron Bowl last year, I mean, I, I, obviously Alabama was the much better team all year, but Auburn had a chance and maybe should have won that game, but but they didn't in overtime. But but whatever reason, they just have not been able to consistently put four quarters together, whether it be – uh, turnovers, whether it be execution, whether it be plays, the calls themselves, or whatever, it's just been a, a same kind of uh, story. And you know, if, if you were to look at the stats at the end of the game, 
just the statistics, not the game itself, the statistics. And if you took away two statistics over all the 30 other statistics, then you would have thought Auburn won by three touchdowns last weekend. But you can't take away the score, and which is the most important statistic, and you can't take away the turnover line. Uh, those two lines are, are you know, really the difference maker. And, and, uh, and the, the first one I mentioned is the most important, obviously, the score. So, But if you look at every other statistic, you thought, well, Auburn played a really good game. But when you have four turnovers to one, and of course you, and you relinquish a 17-point lead, that's what gets you beat. So, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's just, just kind of odd because they're not able to put together four quarters. They're, they're able to put together two, maybe one, you know, two and a half. But at the end of the game, the fourth quarters has, has been what's killed Auburn. Stan, uh, against LSU, Robbie Ashford, uh, he was uh, 19 of 38, 337 yards, two scores and a pick, and obviously uh, very athletic, dynamic with his uh, feet. The question is, is Robbie Ashford the quarterback of the future for the Auburn Tigers? Well, I think he has to be right now. I mean, uh, you know, he's uh, obviously T.J. Finley. We don't know when he's going to be back. Calzada is, is – I, I don't know if he's here. I think he may be done. I'm not sure about Calzada's stature, quite, quite honestly, his status. And then you got a, a true freshman in Gurner, which, you know, he's obviously a true freshman. He's got a lot of potential, but he's young. But but let's not forget, Robbie Ashford has only made his second start in college. I mean, he's he's been removed from Hoover High School for three years, but he's still just a redshirt freshman and making his second start. And like you said, dynamic type of athlete uh, can extend plays. The one thing, the positive I noticed with him last week over the, the week before was when he extended plays, he was looking downfield still. And that's when he made some of those big throws, those, the first touchdown to Javarius Johnson. So that's one thing. That's a simple improvement right there from, from his first game to his second game. Uh, so what he will continue to do is you're kind of watching a young man grow up at the SEC level in front of your eyes. Um, you got it. Sometimes you take the bad with the good. I mean, that first turnover, uh, clearly held onto the ball too long, uh, scrambled out, didn't feel the rush, and it was a turnover. Uh, so you, you sometimes you got to take that good with the bad, and unfortunately, the, the turnovers were really you know, costly to them. Hey, Stan, Robbie Glenn here. Uh, hope you're doing okay, brother. Uh, I'm doing looking great, at the man. game, you? and I, you know, I, I'm doing good. Uh, just trying to still recover from the tournament. Hope to get you out there one day. I know it falls on a Friday before football, and you always have to, you know, get to a game or do uh, do your podcast. So one one year we'll get you out there. But anyways, I was watching Absolutely. that game last week, and I saw I saw some players with Auburn playing really hard for the coach. Uh, they were getting after it. that defense was flying, and now I see this thirty point favorite going into Georgia. I, these guys got to be hungry to get over there. I, I think. What do you th- feel about that? They're gonna they're going to show well, up ready to play in your eyes? I mean, clearly, clearly, you know, Georgia, it's Georgia and Alabama are the top teams, maybe in the country. I mean, they are in the country, obviously ranked, but but also in the SEC. Georgia's actually had Auburn's Achilles heel, and they've been that Achilles heel, you know, for the pr- most recent years over even Alabama. I mean, Auburn has really struggled against Georgia uh, over the last eight or ten years. Uh, they got them in 17, turned around and, and lost to them in the SEC championship game, but but it's been a struggle to win against Georgia, uh, home and away. And and so, um, I, you know, four touchdown favorite, hey, I, I, I can see that. I mean, obviously Georgia's a, a defending national champion. I think Auburn will be hungry. They'll be ready. 
uh, you know, they've, they've got a tall task, but I think they'll go over there and give a great effort. And, and like you said, these, these kids, they're playing hard for their coach. Uh, I, I don't see kids quitting. I don't see them, uh, you know, saying, hey, let's, let's cash it in. I see them playing extremely hard. Uh, I, by all respects, the people I talk to, they love Coach Arson. They love his staff. Um, I think really what Auburn's got to do, they got to continue to recruit, and they just got to continue to add some players to the mix. I mean, it's, um, you know, clearly Alabama and Georgia uh, are, they, they're there because they get the Jimmys and Joes. And and, they're, and you see their backup Jimmys and Joes are, are about as good as a lot of people's starters. And so that's where teams like, and I don't put Auburn in there. I, you know, you can put A&M in there as well. They recruited phenomenally, but look at their record. Uh, I mean, there's still some level of depth, and I mean talent depth-wise, with a lot of these teams versus Georgia and, and Alabama. I mean, it's just it, – let's call it the way it is. I mean, some of Alabama's guys sit on the bench uh, can play at other places, and that's where Auburn has got to get to. They've got to continue to just beat the ground recruiting, and that's that's an area that they, they obviously had a little struggle with, but they've got to make up some ground. Stan, do a quick dive on on three quarterbacks for me. Will Rogers, he's the third passing quarterback in the nation, and yet he is the worst PR department in the world. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't even know if it, <laughs> uh, assess him as a quarterback, and then also talk a little bit about Jalen Milrow uh, and his role he played Saturday afternoon with uh, with Alabama, and Stetson Bennett, well, is, is, he gets kicked to the curb every once in a while too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Stetson Bennett just doesn't have the – he doesn't have the dynamic size, the dynamic arm, none of that stuff. The guy's just a winner. I mean, you know, I, I take him on my team any day of the week, man. I mean, he's, you know, what is he, six, maybe six one, uh, you know, probably 215 pounds. And But, you know, the guy's got a ring, and, and he does nothing but win, and he's a smart player. And so, you know, he's just a, he's just a winner. Um you know, Milrow, I watched him. I watched some of that game. Um, I, I love it when Alabama and Auburn play at different times so I can at least catch, you know, catch some of their games. And, you know, the, 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 the play, the play that comes to mind, obviously, I think with everyone is, you know, you're, you're down or you're up by five. Arkansas just reeled off 20 some odd points. Third down and 10, backed up. And then all of a sudden he scrambles for 70 plus yards. I mean, that looked like a, that looked like a, Who's the number one for Alabama? That's the dynamic player. Gibbs. Gibbs. Well, that looked like a Gibbs. that looked like Gibbs' little brother. <laughs> I mean, running. I mean, he he didn't look like a quarterback when he tucked it and ran. He looked like a, a mix between a running back, a big running back, but a fast wide receiver. And uh, so that that was a dynamic play, you know. And that's what Arkansas is probably looking at a little bit, like what Auburn did. It's like, look at this hands to the face play on third down and ten that we force a punt and all of a sudden it's a 15-yard penalty. Teams like Arkansas as well, they got a third and ten, and, you know, they're looking at that play going, man, if we could have got him off the field, you know, we just scored 20-plus points, we may have them in a different situation. But, you know, great teams overcome that. And and so Alabama did. And so um, – but then you asked, uh, was there other uh, – the Will Rogers. I mean, he's just, Will a, Rogers. He's, just a, he's just a really good quarterback. I mean, really good. I mean, he, he knows what he wants to do. He's really good for Mike Leach's system. And, um, you know, I didn't see what he said, but, but I understood Mike Leach said some things about A&M about, well, I just, you know, they just lined up and played and we just took what they gave us and they did, we did it all day long. And, um, and so that's what Mike Leach is so good at. I mean, they, they are short passing game, the little dink and dunks. 
it's basically law of um, extended handoffs. And if your quarterback is very smart and does what he's doing, like Will Rogers does, then you know your your numbers are going to look really good. Stan White joins us here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. All right, the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, uh, Brian Harson. Um, I got on Facebook Live and I was on the Jay Barker Radio Network uh, a couple days ago, and I was being somewhat facetious, facetious, but I was being sincere, too. Let him go now. Uh, you owe him $15 million. If you know that you're going to break up with a girl, there's never a good time to do it. Don't wait till after the holidays. Don't do it. because If you're going to break up with her, break up with her, let her be on her way, because I do think he's a good coach with the capability of being a great coach. That being said, I realize you're on the Auburn Network, and, and, and I know how much you love uh, what Brian Harson's trying to do only into his second year. Advantages, disadvantages to letting a go, letting any coach go before a game like a Georgia, uh, letting him go after a game like a Georgia, or waiting to the end of the football season? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a really good question, and, and I don't know if I can answer it in a black and white way, but, but what, you know, I, I'm kind of like you, if you, if you know, if you know 100% that, that, that you're going to break up with someone and you use the boyfriend-girlfriend aspect, then is there ever a good time you, you might as well just rip the Band-Aid off? Um, and I'm not saying that's the case here. I'm just saying if you know, in my opinion, you, that this is not going to work, then you go ahead and do it. But now, here's the, here's the, here's the gray area part of that. You know, if, if you just do that, there's never a, just a simple thing. Well, if we get rid of the head coach, everything will be fine. Well, no then you're going to say, hey, Mr. Interim Coach, this is your first game against the number one or number two team in the nation at their house. I mean, that's a tough ask right there. Um, plus, plus, you have a bunch of players involved that, that are playing their rears off for this coach, and they know it. They, I mean, they obviously see social media. You can't completely shield a team from this, so they obviously know it, and I'm sure Brian Harson and his staff knows it. So they're going out there obviously preparing – as more than anyone to try to make it to the you know to 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 shock the world so to speak against Georgia and Athens, um, so there's really not a black and white. I think most people kind of hastily say, well, if we get rid of the one person, everything will go back to being phenomenal. Well, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. If it were that easy, why even contemplate waiting? if you know that, because it's just not, because you're, you're dealing with families and turnover. Plus, Auburn does not have an athletic director right now. They have an interim in Rich McGlynn, who, who, you know, shameless plug here, I love Rich McGlynn. I think he'd do a great job. Don't know if he will be it. I have no idea. But I think he would do a great job. So it's not just saying, okay, if we make a change, everything, now, now we're going to win the rest of our games. I mean, uh, and, and I personally like Brian Harson. I think he's, I think he's a great football coach. I think he's going to do a great job wherever he is. If he stays at Auburn, I think you got. if you commit to him, you give him a shot. If you feel like, the powers that be feel like, look, this is unattainable, we can't get it back, then you know you have to do that. Uh, they don't ask my opinion, and I don't, you know, I don't give it. So, <laughs> it's, uh, but I'm, I'm yeah. going to continue to support them no matter what. And then that's the risk you take, right? Because, I mean – Listen, we used to never see coaches get fired before their third season because that's when they brought their own guys in, right? And, and if you won a national title in your first or second year after you took a job, it was usually because you're using the coaches' players that were in the cupboard when you got there. And I just hate to see anybody get fired 14, 15 games into his career at any school. And I just don't think it's fair. And I, I'd, I'd love to see – I'm a redemptive kind of guy. I'd love to see him turn this thing around. With that being said, if somehow – and Georgia hadn't looked particularly good the last couple of weeks – if somehow – 
Auburn does beat Georgia as a 30-point dog this weekend, and they were a 30-point favorite against Missouri, and they had him on the ropes the entire game. If he does, I would love that for the Brian Harson camp because not only would it give him, obviously, some more leverage and more equity in, in his coaching uh, coffers, if you will, but also it would force the Auburn family to say, hey, listen, are we going to fire guys that's knocked off the number two team in the land? So we'll see what happens. All right. Yeah, exactly. Stan White. You know, that's exactly right. We'll be uh, we'll be listening to you Saturday. Appreciate what you do, and also as as we roll into our break here, um, are you extremely troubled by the news about Tom Brady and Gazelle? Just kidding, Stan. Oh You'll man, answer that one. <laughs> so you're saying there's a shot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Have a good afternoon. Thank you, Stan. My pleasure, guys. Y'all take care. You know, I did a uh, Hooters bikini contest uh, about 17, 18 years ago and reached out to uh, a bunch of my very close personal friends who obviously would bring uh, a crowd with them. And everyone turned me down because they're like, I can't do a Hooters bikini contest. You know who said yes? Stan White. He's like, I'm in. I was like, boy." We had a great time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. yes, and Crescent <laughs> Boulevard, Crescent Boulevard on the back of the pickup. Pick oh, pick wow, now that was a long time ago. That was pre-Stan White marriage, I think. So anyway. I lived right down the street. I could walk home. It was great. We're going to break. Back with more. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. She posted about us just now. Celebrities can't get enough of Biana's bespoke skincare line. She has 147 million followers. How do we monetize? She needs a social media associate. And our long dry spell continues tomorrow and Thursday. The sky's sunny both days. Highs between 80 and 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. along with myself and then there's Lars Anderson who's over at Tide. Lars, um, no, you got class in, in just a minute. Anything you want to bring up uh, as we wrap up this segment towards the bottom of the hour? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask uh, Tony about this sort of emerging new trend in college football, and that is firing coaches in September. And now I know that we flipped the page over to October, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, another coach was fired here on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, <clears throat> Brian Harson. Um, but look, the first coach fired this year, Scott Frost at Nebraska, and then Georgia Tech uh, got rid of Jeff Collins. Colorado fired Carl Durrell. Um, and they were off to both uh, Georgia Tech and Colorado, like Nebraska, off to a miserable start. Arizona then fired Herm Edwards as the NCAA hammer is about to drop on that program. And then most stunning to me was uh, Paul Christ uh, getting fired this weekend yeah. um, at Wisconsin, uh, and you know they they lost thirty four to ten to Illinois. But man, um, and, and of course it didn't help Chris Cause that uh, Illinois is led by former Badgers coach Brett Bielema. Now I, the, the question is, Tony, why is this happening? Because it doesn't. At first, you think, okay, recruiting. 
right? You want to get your guy in place and, uh, and, and, and then shore up recruiting so you don't lose out on a, on a whole recruiting cycle. But the thing is, you're not going to get a coach really uh, on board until after the season because presumably the head coach, the next head coach of your team is still coaching and going to be coaching. So I'm just curious. I I don't have the answer to this, frankly, other than just uh, fan bases not not having any patience uh, whatsoever anymore. And I know that there's a kind of a, a famous quote by Florida athletic director or former, former athletic director, Jeremy Foley. He once said, something needs to be done eventually. It needs to be done immediately. And, and you mentioned this in the previous segment about breaking up with the girlfriend. Uh, why do you think we're seeing this? Uh, I, I think a lot of reasons. I don't think there's one telltale reason. And by the way, if you get a coach's hot seat, which is just a huge website, uh, Jeff Scott, South Florida, number one, David Shaw from Stanford's been there forever. Number two, Brent Venables, Oklahoma, in a hot seat. Already? Number three, no way. Yeah. From, from Northwestern, uh, nope. Tim Allen from Ohio. Um, the Navy coach who's been there forever, Brian Harson is number seven on that list. And Jimbo Fisher from A&M is number eight. I, you know... <laughs> I think, um, you know, obviously we're in a I-want-it-right-now society. Uh, I think there are enough decent coaches out there, um, much like the National Football League. If you get fired as a head coach, chances are you're going to bounce back and you're going to get hired somewhere else. They do it in Major League Baseball all the time as well. But I do think because there are, you know, we talk about the rich getting richer, um, the fact that these coaches can now continually just reload and not have to rebuild. You never saw that uh, a generation ago. The Nick Sabans of the world and the, the Coach Ryans and, and, and the Kirby Smarts and the Dabo Sweeney's to an extent. Um, you know, I, we got to win right now. And, and winning five or six games is not enough anymore, particularly when you're spending seven, eight million dollars a year for a head coach. And I, I would put, I'll start at the top. I put it on the, I put it on the athletic directors and the presidents of these universities. If they're going to commit, what they did with Nick Saban is, you know, he lost to La Monroe his first year. Could you imagine if he was in the Brian Harson situation? And Nick Saban was a great coach. Don't get me wrong. He won one national title before he came to Alabama. So you can certainly make an argument there could be some type of coaching comparable there, an analogy with Brian Harson To fire him in three or four games into the season, you're 3-1, and one, all of a sudden people are talking about, Nick Saban would have said, screw you, I'm out of here. He wouldn't have dealt with it um, and because he knew what he was capable of doing. And I just don't think – the other thing is, and, and honestly, let's face it, the money these guys are getting as payouts, buyouts, is just incredible. Brian Harson is going to get $15 million. Do I feel sorry for the guy – from the standpoint that, yeah, he relocated his family, his kids, his, he's got everything here. He obviously intended to be at Auburn for as long as he wanted to be there, and all of a sudden, but $15 million, you're going to lay on your feet. I know money doesn't solve all problems, but these coaches are being taken care of. Um, Their agents are getting them huge contracts, and so that's a good thing. I just don't – I just I, I think it's more of an Auburn problem uh, with the Brian Harson situation. I don't think Brent Venables is going to be fired at Oklahoma anytime soon, despite the fact they got beat this past weekend and got blown out by TCU. But – I don't think Auburn can get out of its own way. I mean, we just had Stan White on. I love Stan White, and I love he's a homer, and I love the fact that he roots for Auburn, as he should. But they don't have a president right now. They don't have, from the inside out, they try to do it to Gus. They try to do it with Gene. Uh, They need to hire somebody uh, that tries to fit that family motif, if you will, 
and allow him to do what he wants to do and give me time to do it. I don't know if there's a guaranteed deal where you go and say you have to guarantee to leave me here for three years. Because, again, to make the analogy with a relationship, if you don't want me, I don't want to be with you. If I'm Brian Harson right now, he knows what's coming. Um, and, and I'll ask you the question. Is he going to get fired before the Georgia game or after the Georgia game? <laughs> it won't happen before. Uh, I, I, well, Paul Feinbaum believes it will. In other words, it's going to happen between now and Saturday. For some reason, they think that Auburn's going to play better, I guess, because they've gotten rid of their coach. But you ask those players. Those mm-hmm. players are playing for Brian Harson, And, and again, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, just think it's, I just think it's the world we live in now. We don't give coaches three or four years anymore. We don't even give him half he's the lost season. Two, he's lost his two, two quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Lars, is he there for the Georgia game? I can't imagine he wouldn't be uh, unless yeah. Paul has some inside information, and, and, he, and he very well may. But uh, it certainly would be weird to fire him midweek uh, before facing. A lot of people believe that fourth quarter play call where uh, was it Coy Moore that got the ball and decided oh. to go ahead and pass the interception they were down by four yeah. was Brian's way of saying please fire me now <laughs> let me throw something it out of was, my bag to put it tricks. mildly a very interesting call hey <laughs> Lars go to class do you call roll will do and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have both you guys down here in Tuscaloosa to uh, speak to my students but uh, always always fun to be okay. in T-Town on, on Tuesdays and uh, and with the students alright you guys have a good one all you gotta do is ask we're here for you, See you Lord. we're here for you man I've spoken to his class before there. Have you ever done an Irish car bomb and then spoke to his class? Uh, I have not. Me uh, I've done a Jaeger bomb. Me oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, They're both explosive. Coming up with the last 30 minutes of the Jay Barker Show right here. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205 205- 
909-703-7373 and schedule an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Well, it started out. Welcome back to the Jay Parker Show. Jay's off a couple of days this week. It's Matt and Tony, Matt Colton, Tony Curry. Hang here together for the next thirty minutes. Did you get a chance to watch much of the race? You know what? I did not see one lap of the race this weekend. I was super busy. Um, Good. I used, to, I used to go to every race, <clears throat> and I used to be all about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I used to have RVs uh, in the infield, <clears throat> and I'm uh, just a different chapter in my life. But I love Brian Crichton, and I love everything I do with the Talladega Super Speedway. So uh, I heard there was a little mishap in the Truck Series. We someone got burnt. Uh, yeah, super um, driver by the name of Jordan Anderson. It was so hot in his truck cab that he was getting out at I don't know how many miles an hour he was going. He was get he already had the window net down, yeah. already had his Hans device on everything. He was unclipped. He was halfway out the door, and it hit the retaining wall. Kind of bounced him out up on wow. top of the retaining wall. He had burns. They airlifted him to UAB where the burns were uh, found to be. Less than anticipated, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was out that night. 
So um, certainly prayers continue with him because it was a, it was a scary deal. Um, Mechanically speaking, uh, the truck series. How's how's the car comparable, or how's the truck comparable to to a NASCAR when it comes to? Because you normally don't see guys in NASCAR getting burned. <clears throat> well, you know the there are several precautions for yeah. that. Um, and, and the first, you know, they're in a little pod, yeah. and, and I'm gonna say it's fire retardant, but right. I think it's down next to their right leg or maybe on their left leg, whatever side. There's a, a, a little two-finger pull. Remember mm-hmm. the pull-outs, the cutouts they had on the old GTOs? Yep. And, you know, it's very accessible in, in, in case of something like that, ha- you know, something like that happens. You pull it, and it just totally engulfs the cab with that foam stuff. You, yep. know, the, you know, it's a fire extinguisher, mm-hmm. and you just let it off. I never saw evidence of that. Yep. And, and and I am only talking. I, I'm don't mean I'm not pointing. Maybe he couldn't get to it. Yeah. Maybe it malfunctioned. They use those things. Don't usually. Um, I don't know. But it was scary at the time, and uh, we're all very, very blessed that it turned out to be uh, a lot more minor than we thought it. Because I mean, his, his his hitting the wall at the same time while his cab and then and he comes out of the window. Um, obviously, never seen anything like that before. But uh, well. Very, very blessed that he's okay. But then, you know, that race ended with an eyelash as Matt DiBenedetto defeated Brett Holmes, who's a local guy, from mm-hmm. right there at the track. And it was so close that they had to stop. Both both those cars were waiting to hear from NASCAR because, yeah. you know, they, they dropped the caution. And so they had got to, they've got to go back to the video of where they brought out the caution. And it was like two – was like – point zero zero two two thousandths of a second wow and then the afternoon drive was uh almost as close and then you know you had chase elliott out dueling uh, the number 12 car of ryan blaney one of the great names of nascar and chase elliott i know that i'm uh, dating myself here and i know i'm i'm, I'm um uh, being somewhat uh a, a get off my lawn kind of guy here but I, I remember the days where i could really tell the paint schemes and the advertisers, the endorsements based off the vehicles and the drivers they had. And I think that NASCAR has become somewhat of a victim of its own success in the fact that influx of money has come into the sport. We used to run NASCAR races on Classic Rock 995 on Sundays. Yeah. And we had 12, 13, 14, 15 shares. People would listen to the race on the radio. Um, now you can't find it anywhere. But when the money started influxing into NASCAR and all of a sudden, you had guys changing teams. I mean, I still have, I still have the Havoline car from an old Maxwell from Davy from Davy because he was the Havoline guy, um, the Budweiser guy. And, and I remember those those sponsorships with cars uh, to, to to a later extent, Jeff Gordon and Dupont. He was always the Dupont guy. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson was always the, the Lowe's guy. And, and and now guys are switching cars. You have to keep your homework. You have to do your homework in order to, to figure out who's driving it. where. <laughs> yeah, you should yeah. know. And, I mean, and now changing teams. You got guys changing teams almost every single year. Yeah, but in the case of Tyler Reddick, he's changing teams in a year. I know. He's going to go lame duck for an entire season. And, by the way, he's already, already won a race. You're like an SMU football player. He's holding out for a year so he can go where he wants to go. I mean, it's just, I mean, again, I, and, but I, I, I got to give kudos to the Talladega Super Speedway because racing has not been particularly good from a, a spectator standpoint. Uh, I, I, last time I went to the Brickyard 400, it was probably about 13, 14 years ago, it was sold out. 
that was the last sellout they had. And when you had to start putting plastic up or taking stands out, it's not a good look for, for an escrow race. Talladega has always done a fantastic job while everyone else was closing their backside stands and everything else and the concessions and everything else. Talladega was influxing more money into the showers, into the you know fairgrounds, and, and all these different areas of the track to make it even more family friendly. Uh, they continue to do, of course, the parades and and uh, the infields just fantastic. They have just done a wonderful job at making Southern hospitality uh, a sticking point for every race fan that comes to Talladega. And now you get to the point where. You know, people, will, if they're going to travel, Talladega is the one track they're going to go to. They may not go to Bristol anymore. They may not go to Daytona, but they're coming to Talladega. They've done a wonderful job up there. Did Two you know that a rodeo on Friday night? Oh, yeah. Second race. Mm-hmm. Rodeos. I think that's a good match demographic. It's great. It's, uh, it's fabulous. And, and I'm in the Talladega garage experience for pre-races all days. And we do a lot of Q&A with, mm-hmm. with drivers. Uh, Brad Keselowski, golly, he was unbelievable. But they all were really, really good because they know their base. But I'll ask a couple of questions, and then I, I've got uh, my Carol Merrill or whatever you want to call it, somebody that hands the mic to the fan. That's what the garage experience is all about, not me asking questions. They want to ask questions. They ask great questions. Kids ask the best ones. Mm-hmm. But I asked them to say, you know, just tell me your first name and, and where you're from. Four were from Alabama. The other 34 were from Wisconsin, Louisville, Florida. So North Carolina in there? Oh, <laughs> probably should have led with them. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I think one year I heard they had 49 states and eight countries represented. Yeah. I still can't believe, and I was thinking about this the other day, when you used to not be able to drink on Sundays. <clears throat> uh, at Talladega? Unless yeah, you brought unless your you own. brought your own. And, uh, of course, that they, would get, Now they sell it. That would get you to the first five laps because if you got there <laughs> at 9 o'clock in the morning, your stash was gone by the time the first lap went. Uh, you remember when um, this is very – this is like 69, 70. People would rent U-Haul trucks and take them out there. And they'd take them back, and you know what they would discover? First of all, they'd probably wreck the interior, but they'd stand on the roof, and the roofs were all indented. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you're, those lo- are, you're losing your security deposit. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And finally, they just said, we're not doing this. Anymore. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed every facet of the Talladega Super Speedway, but can I tell you one thing? There, there's one infield that's better than Talladega, and I can't believe it. I can't it. believe it. It is the Kentucky Derby, my friend. You need to Never go to the Kentucky there. You need to go one time. Can you hook experience. me up? Yeah, I can. Really? We'll go to Chow Wagons the week before, and I'll take you inside. The, it, it's 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 a different type of infield. I will put it that way. Um, I know it is, and in fact, I ran into a, two guys from Kentucky at the race, this and they is, were explaining to me uh, the difference. And you know, um, there are a lot more mint juleps. There are a lot more hats. It's the sport I'm of it's, say, the, it's the sport of kings and the sport of queens. I'll put it that way. Whoa. And you have to remember that Kentucky Motor Speedway up there was vying for a race for like 20 years. They built a racetrack, built yep. it, and they will come, and it sat empty for five years before NASCAR finally yep. gave them a race. And, and then now they, then they they've found taken out, them away. Yeah. And, and, well, and, it was sitting in a flood zone. If it rained an inch before a race, you weren't getting out. I wonder who came up with that game plan. Uh, probably some guy didn't want to be with his wife because you'd call on a Friday night and say, Sorry, honey, uh, they're going to have to pump the water out. I'll see you on Wednesday. Kind of like getting stuck in a tree stand in the middle answer. of October. All right, we'll try and wrap this up in uh, just a minute as we come back from the break. This is the Jay Barker Show with Matt and Tony.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Join the Tuscaloosa, Alabama Lynx chapter for Lynx in Pink, a breast cancer awareness event on Saturday, October 48. And our long dry spell continues tomorrow and Thursday. The sky's sunny both days. Highs between 80 and 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Amarillo by morning Up from San Antonio Everything that I got Is just what I've got on Jay Barker's show from ABX with uh, Tony Curry, Matt Coulter. Lars was with us earlier. Thanks to Stan White as well. And Jay's taking a couple of days off, so we'll wrap up the show. Um, Leota. Outside edge linebacker for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Out for the year. This guy's 17 tackles. He had a pec injury. Um, that hurts. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine you being able to use that arm at all. I mean, that side of your body, much less your whole body. I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. But um, anyway, that's a big loss. I mean, that's their second leading edge guy. The word, It just keeps getting worse for the Auburn Tigers right now. <clears throat> and I and I just I just it, it it hurts me because I mean I've I've come to love I was I was a tiger for a day I love Al Greco uh, obviously if they're playing each other I will side with Alabama because we were on the flagship station and I make more money when Alabama wins football games just by its close proximity but um, it's really difficult to watch how dysfunctional it is down in Auburn right now they just can't handle success uh, and the fact that they have won a national title uh, pays proof that 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 you can get there. This is not like Major League Baseball and, and, and mid-major teams like the Kansas City Royals who will probably never get back or my Cincinnati Reds. This is a situation where with the right coach and the right recruiting, the Auburn Tigers go win a national title again. You've already done it. You've proven to yourself you can do it. And that's the little taste. That's that carrot dangling out there for all Auburn fans that, that I feel like they just, they're so far away from right now. It's just painful. Well, you know, they have a great heritage. They won a national championship 12 years ago. It's like Auburn is not on the map. They are on the map. I think they're one of the top 20 programs of all time, maybe top 15. Yeah. Um, what do you they're th- there. But I, what I don't understand is uh, did they drop the ball on trying to use the portal, NIL, that kind of stuff, because the talent level between Auburn and about eight other teams in the SEC is very noticeable. And I would think, bringing in a guy from Idaho, that obviously you're going to go, wow, uh, I'm not looking at one- and two-star guys every weekend. Now I'm looking at four- and five-star guy weekend. That would be a good thing. But I do think there's an adaptive period there for a coach coming from that area of the country, coming in here and trying to find those fertile grounds. And giving him 15 or 16 games to do that is not enough. Maybe it has something to do with his assistance. I, I I really don't know. I I like Brian a lot, and maybe I, I'm liking him more and more every single day because of the crap he's having to put up. And a lot I had to do with that off season garbage that he had to deal with. And I realized that that he wasn't totally fault free in all of that. But we found with an investigation, an internal investigation by Auburn, that there was nothing, no wrongdoing. So move on. Um, but again, you know, when you start looking at first of all, and 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 Matt, you know this first well. When you are willing to ask a head coach, are you fearing for your job, or if you get fired, that is like bottom-of-the-line disrespectful 
to ask. It's, it's a question that has to be asked. I get that. But that's got to be so incredibly uncomfortable for him to sit there and, and, and ponder those questions every weekend. And then, to your point with the stat you had, the last five games they've lost, they've had double-digit leads, including 17 and nothing against LSU. Um, how they're losing football games now is playing into just the, 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 the L itself. Uh, and when you start setting records like 40 years since this happened, 75 years since this happened, uh, the Auburn uh, family is, is, is looking for any reason to say, hey, listen, it's time for him to go. I, 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 if you're going to fire him, do it now. And that's all I'll say. And Stan said the same thing. There's no good time to break up with a woman. Do it now. There's no good time to leave anybody. But if you're going to do it, at least give him, unless he wants to stay. And I can't imagine him wanting to stay in that relationship right now. I really don't. Everyone's uh, talking about him behind his back. I just I just hate it for anybody to be in that position because I don't think he's been given ample time. Now, with that being said, if they said, listen, we're all in, you know they're not all in. Well, You're all in for the next year and a half. If you, you don't come out and say it, then you're yeah. making yourself look bad. And I, I, I just am... Uh... He has had to answer that question every week. I was actually uh, a little bit on the more than surprised he was here Sunday. I was, too. I, I said it on the and show. I if, thought he'd get fired if he lost the LSU game. And if, if Auburn goes over there, bows up, plays Georgia really, really tight, well, you can't do it then. Now, if they get beat 50-2. to two, It's going to be easy call. I would then, lo- then I will wonder why they didn't do I'll, it Sunday. I, I, will, I will love to see Auburn beat Georgia this weekend just to put the screws down a little bit on the people that make those you decisions. want more chaos i really do and i want to see brian curry Har- is for chaos i want to see brian harson up there on the stand after he beats georgia this weekend and see what he's got to say about it because you know he can't keep his mouth shut you know he'll say well you know for people that thought this team couldn't fight we weren't all on the same page and they're not standing behind the coaching staff and i stand behind my he- players maybe think another way I, because you know it may be his last two raw they may let him he- go if he beats georgia this weekend who knows he, uh, well- He's not. I don't think he would say that if it were to be the case. But I also think he's not going to have the opportunity to say it. I would probably agree with you. All right. Is this the Georgia we saw the last two weeks or the Georgia we saw the first three weeks? Well, this is the Georgia I thought we would see a little bit of initially in the season. Mm-hmm. But the way they just just train wrecked Oregon, I'm thinking this team is is good. In fact, they're better than Alabama, and at the time I they were. You. I agree with you. But now they've kind of Georgia's kind of come back down to earth. Stetson Bennett's playing more at the level, and it, it's beginning to show that those big dogs they had up front, they're gone. Yep, fifteen of them went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's a, an amazing Crazy. number. You can't be better than you were the year before. Before, if you've got fifteen guys playing on something. Maybe Missouri's just better than we think. I, you know, another guy I was listening to said, you seen their defensive front? They can stop a lot of people. Pretty stout. And they did. Yep. Um, you know, they really, they should be 2-0 instead of 0-2. You're right. In the league. In the league. All right. Uh, thanks to Jonathan. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Stan. Thanks to uh, Robbie Glenn for dropping by. Yes. Thank, thank you, Tony Curry. Thanks, Walleye Fish. Uh, for thank you, start. Walleye. Uh, I had to run out of the studio for a while, but that's been going on for years in $500 bass tournaments. All right, let's uh, let's do this again tomorrow at noon, Jay Barker Show. Thank you. Have a great day. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance.